recording in progress. That's what you normally say. I've taken your words out of your mouth. Yeah, but we never put it on the podcast. I just like saying it. <laughs> recording in progress. <laughs> I know. You're a bit more robotic today than when you yeah, normally say it. Yeah. Well, we started this. We started. No, we haven't I don't started. know. I don't mind. <laughs> I Have don't. we? Have we started? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, anyway. I mean, <clears throat> uh, Rob clears throat. Uh, I'm a little bit. I'm a little uh-huh. bit. Uh, I'm a bit sleepy today. To be quite you sound a little I, bit. You do sound a little tiny, weeny bit croaky, like you've had a good night. I mean, I did have a good night. I did have a good night. Yeah, it's just a local. Only know, a teeny tiny bit. Teeny tiny bit. Yeah, you know, just a, kind of a fiftieth party. Nothing too crazy. I mean, I did get to bed at an ungodly hour for me. I mean, we're talking like after 2 a.m. Crazy. Absolutely wow. crazy. Yeah. And I paid for it a little bit today. But so anyway, <laughs> it should good, be fine. It's a good sign. He had a good night. It was a good, good night. It was very good important. night. Good, good. Uh, well, what about you? How have you been? I went I went to meet up with the girls uh, uh, with, with kids because um, the husband's away. Uh, so, yeah, and he's probably going to be sounding a little bit croaky, no doubt, when he gets back. That was nice. Good, good. So have you seen anything this week? I don't think I've got much to report on. I'm most of the way through Blonde, which is Marilyn Monroe's upbringing and rise to fame, uh, living with her mum when she was young and, and how badly her mum treated her, tried to drown her, all sorts of things. Slept in a drawer as a baby. Harrowing life, actually. And she died so young as well, which I haven't got to in that stage of the film. I think she was 36 when she she passed away. She's almost got a split personality. Marilyn Monroe, who who everybody loves and is a sexy model kind of cheeky lady. And then there's... You know, Norma Jean, who struggles a little bit with life. She, she she wants to be loved and calls her partner's daddy and missed her dad in, in her life and upbringing. So it's, it's quite sad, really, to watch. Very graphic in places. You know, I've not I've not really studied Marilyn Monroe before, but I was just curious to see that. And also it's Anna de Armas up for a Best Actress Oscar playing Norma Jean. And I have to say, I think she might get it. And we can talk about Oscars in a minute. I think looking at the performance of The Fablemans from Michelle Williams and Anna de Armas, I think she's um, very well played, very well acted. I I kind of heard mixed reactions from critics about whether she should be up for a a nomination Mm. for that film. Why? I think it's just they didn't think the film was very good. It doesn't matter about the film. I think it's her acting and her, yeah, how yeah. she's portraying it. I think that the film is not up for Oscars, but her role is. So I think they've got to look at it and from that perspective. Well, I'd be curious to watch it. I remember when it came out on Netflix, I was tempted, but I haven't got around to it just yet. Yeah, yeah. Just curious, that's all. And then I'm continuing the TV series The Last of Us uh, with uh, Pedro Pascal, who's, who's, as you may know, is The Mandalorian, and it's about this fungi, virusy apocalypse that's turning people into zombies, basically. It's, it's, it's a good, I wouldn't say replacement, another good walking, a bit like The Walking Fear Fear of the Walking Dead or the Walking Dead replacement, let's just call it. But it, it is quite good, actually. So that's out at the moment. The only thing I've started watching is Narcos, which is obviously All right. out for donkey's years on Netflix. I'm, I'm actually watching that at the moment with the boy, which is quite good. Since we've been talking about Anna de Armas, why don't we talk about the Oscars? Ho, ho, ho. Okay. 
also have an Oscar quiz. Shall I do the Oscar quiz? Absolutely. Go I love then. I love a quiz. Okay, you love a that, quiz. All right. Okay. Ready? Does this mean, is this about this year's Oscars or just? just... Uh, it's a mixed bag. Yeah, okay. Mixed right. bag, but probably yeah, mostly has well, a tie better, this year's. I better take that page off my screen then. Okay, off you go. <laughs> Actually, this was from last year. So Will Smith had a bit of a ding last year at the Oscars. It is never heard he anything did. about that. <laughs> and apparently, he won't be able to return for ten years, which is quite a long time. Anyway, which film did he win his Oscar for? King Richard. Very good. Very good. Liza Minnelli presented the Best Picture Award with Lady Gaga last year. What film did Liza Minnelli win an Oscar for? Oh, man. 50 years ago, as of last year. 51 years ago, then. <laughs> 51 years ago. I should get ago. at maths. <laughs> 51 years ago? Yeah. What's mm. she kind of renowned for? Singing and... Dancing. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say West Side Story, but I don't know if that's right. No, it's Cabaret. Oh, okay. 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 Um, Michelle Yao is up for Best Actress in a Supporting Role this year from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Completely balmy film that we thought. But the critics love it. I know that. Which film was in 2000 and won four Oscars and she was also nominated for it? I think she was Best Actress in that nomination is it crouching tiger hidden dragon very good yes you do well you do well uh there are 10 best picture films this year which one of them is with tom cruise as the lead character well it's maverick top gun maverick it is i'm really surprised that is in there i was shocked it was in there i think because that film was almost Tom Cruise comes to the rescue of the cinemas after COVID and all that kind of stuff. I always feel like it's been given to him just because. It's bizarre yeah. that it's in there. You don't get many sort of mainstream blockbusters in the best picture True. category, do you? Uh, lastly, so doing well. So I think what have you got? You've got three out oh. of four so yeah. far. Yeah. Who has won the most Oscars ever? Uh, no, I'm just wondering whether it's a composer. Uh... Is it a composer? No, oh, no. Female it... actress. A female actress? Mm-hmm. Well, that must be probably Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has been nominated for 17 times, but... Actress? Mm. So I don't know that one. Catherine Hepburn. Four Oscars. Morning Glory, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Lion Winter and Golden Pond. She won Oscars for Best Actress. <laughs> okay, so that's... Oh, you want actor, right. Shall I... Yeah, is it... Well, if you think best, if you think most amount of Oscars, you could say Walt Disney, in in some way, because Disney have won a lot of Oscars. But yeah, maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't ask that question. Well no, enough. to be honest, I don't think it really matters because if you had said actor or actress, I, I still wouldn't have got that anyway. Okay, well, three out of five is pretty respectable anyway. Pretty good. It's all right. It's all right. It's, It'll do. It's all right. And one film that's up for the Oscars is very much so is The Fablemans. Shall we? Uh, I cover like that what one? you've done. Like what you've done there. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, I think I'm teeing this one up actually. Yes, because it was our new film at the cinemas right now, directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Spielberg and Tony Kusher, and they also wrote together West Side Story as well. 
it's Spielberg at cinema comes on your screen just before the film starts. And he says it's one of the closest films to him. And he's very proud of this film. And I've never seen that before. The director come on before only at a premiere, for example, uh, where I've seen somebody stand up and say, oh, what they thought about this film, why they did it. And it was actually on screen instead. So that was quite interesting to see. So it's about Spielberg's childhood uh, growing up uh, post-World War II and uh, from Arizona to LA. We follow seven to eight-year-old young Sammy Fableman, who is playing, I guess, Spielberg-esque character, who has a very scientific engineering father, who basically just runs through every specific thing on, you know, every single tiny intricate detail on certain products and and et cetera. And uh, his mother is very interested in the arts and she's a pianist um, as well. The film shows how Sammy got into filmmaking, how he creates the magic of filmmaking and how he discovers a family secret as well. There's a lot of charm, I feel, about this film. It's 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 also heartbreaking in places too, I feel. And you see also snippets of Sammy's life that projects into Spielberg's films later in life as well. It's like the beach filming could be Jaws, for example. There's kids on bikes that come around a corner, a bit like E.T. Camping trips and scout trips where they discover loads of scorpions. It reminds me of Indiana Jones. There's lots of little snippets in, in the film, which, um, is, yeah, it's just full of charm as well. I feel it's well acted by Michelle Williams, uh, Mitzi, who's the mother of Sammy, and Paul Dano, who plays Bert, who's the dad. And you've got Gabriel LaBelle, who's the teenage to adult Sammy Fableman. I just love the, the little charming bits where the, the parenting at the start, which I kind of resonate really with me because that's how I parent sometimes. We kind of don't want the kids to know what you're talking about. So you just kind of spell everything out so the kids don't understand what you're you're saying. And uh, this is definitely, you know, something that I do. And even though my kids are older, they still... They still sometimes don't know how to spell things, so you can still play that card. But it's just lots of family moments in it, and it did resonate with me. However, there are some sad bits, which I've not experienced before, however. But Michelle Williams, I felt she portrayed Mitzi as almost a bit like a Marilyn Monroe as well. She had that kind of character, and I know she has played Marilyn in the past also but i don't know i think i think it's a great film and it's up for quite a few oscars and i'd love to get your thoughts rob well i actually think this film is similar in some ways to how i see a lot of spielberg films really in all honesty since the early noughties if you kind of go Mm -hmm. back to you know saving private ryan schindler's list you know munich i i would kind of say you watch a Spielberg film now, and I, and I had a similar thing with West Side Story. You can't fault it for the you know for the production quality, for the performances, for any of that. Mm. Um, however, I personally am finding that Spielberg films for me don't have. I don't know. I just find that sometimes they kind of lack an edge that that you'd maybe had with the with some of his previous work that ju- I just find them incredibly watch watchable no doubt about it and I like the characters but there's just something about them that I feel like is oh it's a, it's another great Spielberg film it's another good or you know or just another very watchable Spielberg film um but there's nothing in it that I find that that, that elevates it further than that personally 
But like I say, because the production's always done so well, mm. that's why I believe, and, and, and I and have to be honest, I think the fact that, you know, Spielberg is directed it, I think it tends to do better. I think it tends to almost be received better than if it was potentially made by another director. So West Side Story, uh, again, I mean, great. I, I really liked it. But I was surprised at the number of Oscar nominations I think that received. Yeah, and I and I feel the same way about this. It's a really good film, and and I you know I'll, I'll talk kind of a little bit more about the film. But that's my overriding feeling is that I'm I'm kind of a little bit surprised it got it, it's got the kind of Oscar attention. But then so you kind of think, well, is it just because it's a it's Spielberg? And B, this particular film, of course, is his most personal film and it's about him. And so you could argue yep. it's kind of, it's like an ode to cinema in some ways as well. Mm. It's almost like the Oscars can't resist yeah, uh, yeah. going yeah. for it. Um, I love Michelle Williams. I think she's she's great in everything. I really do. Paul Dano is he, he's he's good great. at everything as he's well. Great as yeah. His dad. Um, I got to be honest. I wasn't so sure. One of the characters in this, which is Sammy's dad's best friend, played by Seth Rogen, I wasn't quite sure about that casting. But yes, it's a, it's a minor, minor point. I, 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 I love films that are about cinema. It's one of the reasons I really like Babylon, because Babylon was about you know the backdrop of that was about a period of cinema, and it did feel yeah. like a bit of an ode to. The, you know the talkies and I, and I and I love this it's a bit like I remember when I watched Cinema Paradiso for the first time I just adored that because again it was about a little kid obsessed with movies and the, and the local cinema and all that kind of stuff so I, it had a very warm fuzzy nostalgic feel to to, to mm. it but this is going to sound a terrible thing to say but I didn't actually think the story given it's about Spielberg, was that interesting? That's a terrible thing to say. But, um, I mean, I know there's drama in it. I know there's a bit of a, you you know, you mentioned the secret. There's that, and that's the biggest thing in it, really. Yeah. But the other stuff about him being bullied and, you know, just him getting into film, you know, we, we, well, we obviously, we know what he becomes. One of the scenes in it where he eventually gets, goes to LA, doesn't he? And he, and he, he manages to kind of, he finds himself basically in front of, um, I won't give it away because it is a quite cool scene. He basically manages to find himself in front of a very famous film director. Uh, and, I, and I like that. I mean, that's the thing for me. So I really like that, that kind of stuff because it's like, wow, that's nuts. That actually happened. But his story, his upbringing, I don't know. I, I just didn't find it, I didn't find it that, that, I, I don't right. know. I thought. No, I thought, you're I, right. I thought, I thought, I thought you're I'd right. Come, I thought I'd come away feeling like I've learned mm. something quite, you know, quite a few things about him mm. that I really genuinely didn't know. And apart from obviously the family, that there wasn't really anything else in there for me. Um, it, it's weird because it started off a very functional, happy family, explaining in, in, in about they're queuing up and they're about to go in to watch. Um, Oh, what was it? Some um, what was I can't the film? remember. The, I can't remember the, the name of the film they're going to watch. Greatest show in Greatest Show on Earth. Greatest Show on Earth. Maybe that was it. Yeah, it's, it wasn't a really an appropriate film to take a small child to. 
Um, and then he starts to slightly traumatized, but intrigued at the same time. He starts to tr- replay, uh, give uh, when he's given a camera, he starts to replay some of these, these scenes as well. He's getting, well, he's actually given a train set and then the camera comes along a- afterwards as well. And that's where his love and, and just tinkering around. He's very much like his father because it's, it's, it's engineering because it's being very clever. And thinking about how things work and how to do things, which is what his father's like, but it's also playing on what his mother's like with the arts. So it's, he's actually combined the two, his mum and his father's jobs in into one. It's really quite quite nice that he's, that's what happened. And that's actually a part of the film I did like. I, mm. I love the fact that he kind of replicated this scene with the train set that he was bought and like you say then the, he gets the camera and he films it from different angles and then you kind of see it he shows it doesn't to his family or whatever yeah and, and the one like scouts and, <clears throat> and the guns as guns with yeah, it just p- I, puts pinholes in the in the, exactly in the so, film which is amazing yeah actually so you're actually now reminding me having said what i've just said you're reminding me of the things i really liked about it yeah and the reason yeah. i like that is because it's about him being a director as a kid type thing yeah, and, yeah. and these little tricks he came up with. That's what I liked. I wanted more of that and less of the, the, the main narrative of, of, you know, the drama that goes on within his family. I was very much interested in the relationship with his mum in some ways, yeah. because yeah. there's something there. We can't talk about it, but there was something there that actually surprised me a little. And I'm sure the way in, in which everything's portrayed on screen can never be as complicated as what actually goes on within a family, clearly. Mm, but mm. Uh, there was a part of that that made me think, oh, really? God, I'm quite surprised that, you know, that happened. But uh, we won't, I won't talk any more about it because mm. the meaning of And how he communicates through film as well. He couldn't yeah. speak to his mum about this incident he's seen. Yeah. He had to show her and just that was it. It was out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, for, so as I say, for me, I sat down and I watched this and I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed mm. it. But mm. I think because Spielberg is Spielberg, I'm mm. almost wanting something. It's almost like the bar's higher because it's Spielberg. And I kind of, I'd love him to do something which was a bit more, a bit more edgy, I suppose, mm. than what he's tending to do uh, uh, over the last, uh, well, probably 10, 15 years now. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's nice that John Williams did the music as well to to this film. He's very consistent there with the Spiel, Spielberg movies, and uh, I I it whisked me away actually. I I enjoyed it. It I went into that world and I kind of switched off and forgot about everything else that's going on in my life and went into his life. It washed over me. It was very easy to wash, and. I liked it for that fact. And yeah, Seth Reagan was a strange choice of actor, I think, in this film. But maybe he's wanting to be a bit more of the more serious actor than he has been. He goofs around a little bit in this film, but he's but he that's that's who he is. That's his character. But uh, you you do get the silly uncle trying to to mess around with the kids, or yeah, I think that's probably how Spielberg remembers his his uncle. A bit goofy and a bit silly, you know on occasions so why not get a comedian in to play that role but um yeah what are you going to give it then i think i'll give it a seven and a half out of ten for me seven and a half okay i'm going to give it an eight and a half i I obviously liked it a little bit more i did i did enjoy watching it actually i came out thinking oh that was really cool and and how he he became a filmmaker i i did like that part actually more so you're right as i agree with you but i did also like as a mother to a son i liked that relation i saw reflected on on parts of that i'm not i'm not as kooky i would say as as mitzi but i see elements of my 
eldest growing up, very similar to being like him, not the same hobbies, but that sort of closeness relationship with both my boys. So that's what I got. I got connected in that way. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Cool. Right. Well, Pride. Pride. This was released in 2014. Directed by Matthew Walkers, is it? Or I think it's Walkers. Written by Stephen Beresford with a big uh, Brit cast. So we have Bill Nye, Dominic West, Imelda Staunton, Paddy Considine, Andrew Scott, and a young George Mackay, amongst others. It's based on a true story. And it's set in 1984 uh, amidst the miners' strikes. And we have a group of gay and lesbian activists led by Mark, who, due to the headline kind of news coverage of the day, everything going on with the strikes, he feels their cause is getting ignored. So he decides to almost take advantage of the what's going on with the miners' strike and decides to help them. He just tries to basically raise money has a whip round for the miners and ends up being quite successful with it forms this group which is called the lesbian and gay support um the miners group others amongst them mentioned some of them there to start with we've got gethin played by scott and jonathan played by west who are a a gay couple run a a bookshop and we've got this fresh-faced student joe who takes trips to meet the group without his parents knowing Joe's played by George Mackay. So it's a success. They but they still need more coverage if you like. So they decide to take the donations directly to this small sleepy mining village in Wales called Onelwyn. You know, they turn up and they're welcomed by some, particularly Di Donovan, who's their main contact there, played by Considine. He's the spokesman for the miners. And he he kind of takes them straight away, has no issue with the fact that, you know, obviously at this time, gay and lesbians mixing with a hardcore mining village. That's the kind of the the main draw of the film, really. It's like yeah. two world it's like two worlds colliding. Chalk and cheats. Chalk and cheats. Exactly. And they arrive in this, you know, hippie style mini bus that Jonathan owns all these colorful characters turn up and so you get a lot of the kind of comedy with that which is what gives it a, a lot of the the light if you like of the film and it's not just considine so we've got others who in the women's support group led by hafina staunton she she's very much welcoming of them and um, we have cliff played by bill nye he's the leaders of leader of the men's union again he he's just like this charming gent who also kind of embraces them but although there are many that do there are the actual miners you know drinking the down the local pub or uh, who take their time if you like to kind of warm to them which is you know not not a huge surprise but they do slowly open their mind especially when jonathan shares some legal advice that actually helps with the release of some of their colleagues who are illegally detained um, in the local police station. So they're, they're slowly accepted into the community. However, some supporters consider the group completely abhorrent, just don't like them there at all. And one of those people is one of the other leaders of the women's support group, a lady called Maureen. She decides to give the local tabloids a juicy story in an attempt to drive them out. But that's not the end of it. So, so I'll, I'll leave it there as to kind of how it all plays out. It was nominated for a Golden Globe 
Best Motion Picture Musical Comedy and also nominated for three BAFTAs and one for Outstanding Debut by a British Writer for Stephen Beresford and David Livingston. Um, I just remember seeing this film, I think it might have been on streaming even back then, 2014. Yeah, and I, I didn't really know much much about it. It's one of those films I put on. It's a very good, feel-good Brit flick. Lots of comedy in there, lots of great characters. And I also like the fact that it's actually based on a, you know, based on a true story. And a lot of the characters in this, it's one of those things at the end of the film, you see what some of them ended up going on to yeah. be or what happened to them. And also another very, very important part of this film is the, the backdrop to this, of course, is the the outbreak of HIV and AIDS. It was that time. And so whilst there's, there is the comedy and there is the drama, there's that, that in the background as well, which lures its ugly head as it were, you know, for some of these characters towards the latter part of the film. So it's quite hard hitting in many ways as well. Uh, Yeah. I, I, obviously it's my pick. So I liked it. Yeah. It's, it, it's quite a impactful movie because it's it's at that time 1984 margaret thatcher leading the country lots of gay activists marching in the, the london streets and, and elsewhere as well and then also the minor strike and then also the fear of hiv aids at the same time so there's a lot sort of happening quite a turbulent time of life really and you know we we've both of us have been were around in the 80s i don't i mean i was quite young in the 80s so I don't remember much about the minor strike, really. Um, I remember it going on, but I, I wasn't because it didn't impact my family as such. It I didn't know much about it as I was growing up. So I probably would have been what I would have been about eight in 1984. So you know, I was quite young then. But um, I mean, I watched this over about four sittings actually because I've had quite a busy couple of weeks with work and everything, and I did find it a little bit slow. At the start, I'm just trying to get around the background story, how the two groups or unions, I guess, came together. And it took me a little bit of a a while to get into it. I sort of just plodded out. It it does wash over you. You don't have to think very hard about it. It's it's a good kind of Sunday afternoon film, I think, as well. And I think that the the humour came in, in particular, more with the, the wives of the miners, uh, you got Mina Trussler who played Gwen, and you got Amelda Staunton who, you know, has just recently been in The Crown as as the Queen, and she's playing uh, Hafina, and they're just funny. They just they bring the the laughter, you know, things that happened and made me actually laugh out loud for what they were doing. I would say they're the ones that really got them together in in some respects. Uh, it's just a bit of. <laughs> It was Mark phoning up um, the miners' union, um, and this lady—I think it was Gwen—that picked up the phone. She didn't really know what was going on, and invited them to come to this gathering, basically, which the miners weren't really aware of. And then there was a bit of animosity at first, but then they—they they sort of blended in quite nicely. That's how Wait. I saw it, anyway. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's where the humour does definitely come from as well. I mean, like you say, that it's the it's the women who are the ones that are like the ones that welcome them, who don't have yeah. an issue with them, and trying to convince their husbands the same. But you get some so far. I mean, Gwen is a classic 
character yeah. in this. Yeah. It's, there's this moment when Di arrives with them in the village, and they, and they come into the like the village hall or wherever it is where where they are. And Gwen, I think Gwen uh, calls to someone, "Oh, your gays are here, or your gay <laughs> lesbians are here." But it's the way it was. Yeah. It's, her, it's her delivery and the yeah. accent, and like you say, these two worlds colliding, and how like like you say, especially the elderly, the the more senior characters of the women in the village the way they take to you know what what appears to be the real colorful exotic outrageous part of the gay and lesbian community and, and the characters that they just seem to love it don't they i think when the miners once they realize what the gay and lesbian community could do for them they then clicked and it, it, they just started to get on a bit more and supported each other. And uh, there was also a moment where it was because it was a Welsh miners community, this one in particular, that they were focused on. It was one scene which I thought was slightly unusual to out of all the other scenes. This, this lady stands up and starts singing and he kind of thinks, would that have happened? And she starts singing, um, a, I think it was a Welsh song, and then others start singing along and then the gay activists start realising, oh, we've actually touched them here, where they're on our side, and it's it's almost like a liberation. So that was quite a, that was quite a cool scene uh, there. Bill Nye does he seems to be in every single British movie? I, I think <laughs> he's a legend, isn't he? Really, he really he plays is. Cliff, you're, doesn't he? He was one of the leaders. Right. Yeah. It does seem to be towards the latter part of his career. It's almost like the pennies drop with everyone with Bill Nye. Uh, suddenly, yeah. like you say, he. I remember hearing him interviewed and it was really quite refreshing because his whole attitude to acting is so simple. You know, he's not one of these actors that's like a method actor who pours over it. He thought he was a rubbish actor when he first started and and I think he had a bit of imposter syndrome and he, he, he approaches everything with a really simple kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, but it's easy as a result to forget just how many fantastic films he's been in Mm. and that, I know we're kind of like going off on a bit of a tangent, Bill Nye, but the film he was in recently called Living. Yeah, I must he's watch up for it. an Oscar. Yeah, yes, he's up I for an must, Oscar for oh, it as well. Exactly, I must watch that film. But he, mm. he's great. He's great mm. in it. He's, he's he plays a cheeky character in most of his films, and he can play serious as well. He can do he can flip one to the other, and I think he's in the middle really in this film. He's a bit. He's more serious in this film, but he's he's got that little bit of humour as well. I have to say Mark was quite impressive. He's uh, played by Ben Schneiser. He's actually New York. He's American. And he's he's got a very strong Irish accent in this. And apparently he's very good with accent. He's played other f- films where he's had a really strong accent. But he, he was very strong gay activist in this film, very passionate. I thought he played that character very well. The director, Matthew uh, Walker, he's just released Matilda as well. So I, I hadn't really heard of him before, but yeah, he's, he's got Matilda that's just come out. Um, the director and the writers are, are very British-led. They're kind of either from stage to film or they've done like Midsummer Murders or something like that. It's a very British themes, I would say. I think it had that kind of train spotting, brassed off feel to it. And then brassed off, it is about mining as well. But probably had Bill Nye in that as well. It is very, very British. And sometimes 
very British films can be a little bit alike each other, I felt. I've just watched Bank of Dave and trying to remember this film, I was getting confused with some elements of Bank of Dave as well, because they are quite, they're not similar in topics, but they're very similarly acted out and the communities and things like that are very, very similar. No, no, you're absolutely right. And it's funny you said that because I was wondering, because uh, last time we spoke, you hadn't seen Bank of Dave. Yeah. I was going to say this would almost be a great double bill with Bank of Dave. But you're right that because it's that classic thing and you see this with Fisherman Friends as well. And lots yeah. of these films where you've got two communities, it's like two different worlds colliding. So like mm. Bank of Dave, it was like the North and the South, you know, some some kind of like London lawyer. And then you've got like the town of Burnley and and all that kind of culture clash. It's almost yeah. like there's a bit of a playbook in some ways with, you know, you need a bit of comedy in there with the characters, but mm. you need to have something, you need a worthy, you know, you need something worthwhile that's actually relatively hard hitting, whether that's the miners' strike off a of bank of mm. Dave, it's like helping, mm. you know, the community part of it all. And, and, and you could argue in some ways... It, they're quite formulaic, but it does work. You know what I mean? You, I don't. I I didn't watch Bank of Day, for example, thinking, well, I if this is a little bit of a paint by numbers Brit flick, but you don't mind. You know, it's not like no. you, it's not like you yeah. turn it off. You know what it's you know what it's doing, and yeah. it just does it's it very have that well. Feel good movie yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. And then what I I think is very good is that it is set in 1984, and you wouldn't have known that it was done in. 2014 because i think it does take it feels very naturally takes you back to the 80s and all right the, the film is very crisp and sharp and eight you know like you would get in newer films than you would see and and it's you know the, the dimensions of it are, are, are big but you kind of i think it did a nice job of taking you back to the 80s and you know how everything was set up the cars and the, the vans and everything. I think they, they did all that really, really well. Anyway, um, I'm kind of lukewarm about it, to be honest. It's probably not my cup of tea, not something I'd probably watch again, simply because it. I feel it's very similar. And I'd probably say that with Brassed Off and, and other films as well. I just think they're all very similar. And I'm waiting to get... I mean, train spotting is, is a bit different, I would say. Very lively music and, and very cool. Um, but... Yeah, I just, I just wait. I'm waiting to have like another Billy Elliot or a train, another train spotting or something like that. But this isn't, you know, this is one of the older ones anyway, one of our older movies that we're reviewing, not, not a new movie. But I'd love to see something different come out on our screens. No, I totally, I totally, totally get that. What are you going to give it then? I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a six and a half, I think, out of 10. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I must admit, one of the things that I do find intriguing watching these films that are on our lists is that often for us, it's actually only the second time we've seen them. You know, even though they're on our list mm-hmm. and they're favourite films, and especially myself, I don't tend to watch films really much more than once. So when I watch this again, it, it didn't actually have quite the same impact as the first time right. I watched it. Interesting. I remember it just being a bit more... A, a bit kind of the pace of it. I remember it being a bit faster and I remember it being a bit punchier and maybe slightly funnier. So everything was just slightly down a level or two of what I was actually ex- kind of expecting to see and maybe mm. not quite as hard hitting as I remember. Anyway, mm. um, I, I've, and I totally agree with you. It's those Brit flicks that have an edge to them that are great to see We with these. And these are very formulaic, but nonetheless, um, still enjoyed it. Seven out of 10. Yeah. Cool. Good. So, new films. 
I think we've decided uh, for our new film is going to be it's going to be Ant Man, Wasp, and uh, Quantumania. I need to kind of familiarize, refamiliarize myself with whatever's going on in the this, this Marvel unit, world, this Marvel world, and because <laughs> I don't think I know much about this character. Other, I think I saw him in one film, um, and also you've got. Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, Michael yeah, Douglas in yeah, this yeah. as well. Yeah, so the last, you? yeah, so yeah, so they're um the the parents of Wasp the Wasp. Ah, I see. Gotcha. Which is played by um Paul, Paul Judd. Is oh, it? Paul Judd is is Ant Man, right? So Evangeline Lilly, she's uh, plays the Wasp, and she was in in Lost as well. You may remember many years ago. I do like the relationship between Paul Rudd and her. I think it's it, it works really nicely. I think. They're, they're a good good pair for Ant-Man and the Wasp, definitely. I think it's a good film, family film to watch. I'm not sure it'll be on the same par as Wakanda Forever or, you know, Black Panther, but you know, you never know. We may be surprised. Well, that's what I'll be comparing it to because <laughs> it's the last one I've seen. So I just tend to compare them to the, the uh, last one. So you're picking from my list this time, aren't you? Absolutely. And the genre is going to be romance. Oh, romance. Okay. So I have, actually, you've had quite a lot of my romances already. 13. I'll go for number 10. Number 10 is Jerry Maguire. Ah, okay. That's quite cool. It's it's kind of a, it's it's a romantic um, comedy as well. And it's, Let's see where it's on at the moment. And the reason, and the reason I, 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 well, I mean, I know it's a romance. Jerry Maguire. There's also quite a, there's a bit of a sporting theme going on with it, which is quite appealing to me as well. Yeah. Like in my sports. So we've got when a sports agent has a moral epiphany and is fired for expressing it, he decides to put his new philosophy to the test as an independent agent with the only athlete who stays with him and his former colleague. And, of course, this is Tom Cruise, Rennie Zellweger and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. And it's streaming on Sky at the moment and now cinema. And you can rent it off Rakuten TV. Uh, You can buy it um, off most on-demand channels. Show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, <laughs> If you don't know what Please it is. Please show me the money. If you still don't know what it is, you should now. Actually, I think Jerry Maguire was probably my favourite film for quite a while, actually. You had me at hello. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. They've got some classic lines. <laughs> really do. So expect well, a higher score from me okay. next time. Yes. We'll, we'll see. We'll just see how high it's going to be. Yeah. So, right. out of interest, yeah. who do you think is going to get the best actor and actress? Okay. So, we've got. You got Austin Butler for Elvis, which I did see. Colin Farrell, Banshees, Mysterian, which I saw. Brendan Fraser, The Well, which I've seen. After some, Paul Mascar, I've seen. The only one is Bill Nye Living. I haven't seen that film. So I mm. don't know, but it's going to be either Colin Farrell or Brendan Fraser. But just because Brendan Fraser and all the hysteria around his kind of comeback and all that kind of stuff, it's got to be Brendan Fraser, isn't it? I reckon it's going to be Brendan Fraser. Yeah. He was on the um, he was on the Graham Norton show the other week, and I saw a little snippet of it. Um, I think he plays a very obese man. It's called the Whale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's about yeah. it's about the relationship with him and his reconnecting, mm. if you like, with his daughter. I mean, it had me. It, I mean, I was in tears at the end. It's a 
very hard hitting emotional story. Uh, and he, yeah. I mean, he is, he is, he's brilliant in it. I thought Austin Butler was brilliant in Elvis actually as well. For my choice, I have, I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen Colin Farrell's um, film and I haven't seen Bill Nye's or Paul Mescal's. But... Or, or Brendan Fraser. <laughs> or Brendan Fraser. I haven't seen any of them <laughs> apart from. Is that who you would go for? <laughs> I might. Well, I just thought Austin Butler played Elvis. Was He was excellent. It was very, very how I remember seeing pictures of Elvis on telly and things like that. He it was it was uncanny how he looked like him. Um, I know you get you know amazing makeup artists and things like that, but it, yeah, it, he was quite. It was quite impressive and how he how he delivered that that role. And they do the Oscar committee. They do like a biopic, so maybe Austin Butler could could nab it. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. And then um, for for the actresses, we've got uh, Kate Blanchett with Tar, Anna de Armas with Blonde. Uh, you've got Andrea Riseborough to Leslie. I've not seen that one. Michelle Williams with The Fablemans and Michelle Yao with Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Yeah, it, actually, that's interesting. That Andrea Riseborough film to Leslie, very, very small kind of independent film. Right. But- um, there's not controversy, but a bit of kind of rule breaking by the in the film company who pro- who was promoting that film. Apparently, right. if you're representing a film as part of your kind of marketing campaign, or, or especially with the Oscars, you're not allowed to make any comment that is disparaging about another film that is also in that Oscar category that you're up against. Ah. And apparently in a, in this apparently was just like a social post from the production company or the, or for, for that film made some comment that they thought Andrew Risborough was a, put in a better performance than I think it might've been Kate Blanchett. And so Ooh. apparently like there's, there's been a bit of controversy over whether that, you know, everyone's saying who is this person like it's not a well-known film but interestingly all of the actual actors Kate Blanchett included have all said that it's a fantastic film even though it's not well known she very much deserves to be in it okay so I reckon you think it's gonna be her no I don't know after all of that I I don't I think (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be I think it's gonna be Michelle Yao I think they might might go a bit yeah on that side but i I don't know. I I really thought Anna de Armas. I think she she she's performed really well in Blonde. They all have. I mean, the, well, I've only. I mean, I've only seen the Fablemans and everything everywhere yeah. all at once. So it's difficult to comment on the yeah, others. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt Michelle Williams was very much like a Marilyn Monroe character, but maybe that's what they wanted. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, so she's good in it. She's good in everything, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I didn't think that performance was mm. Oscar worthy. Quite honestly, mm. I'm going to go with. Well, I'm going to go with Blonde and Anna de Armas. Right. Let's just see. Well, I just reckon it'll be Michelle. Michelle Yeah, with her right. with her hot dog fingers. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where, where's just... Jamie Lee Curtis? Is she on there for best of all? <laughs> <laughs> she, at some point, she will be in the next. Oh, she is. There, she is. <laughs> is she? Oh, she I reckon she'll is. she'll probably get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do you know oh, well, what? There's two from that mm, film in the supporting mm. actress. Wow, that's unusual. Well, I think it's the daughter, isn't it? The yeah, daughter that's and right. the that's nutty right. tax inspector. <laughs> right, okay. So I'm tempted to rustle up a Sunday roast 
But not that I want to start talking about food again. I don't, we don't need to talk about... No, we don't know, need to talk about food, but I need to order my food. <laughs> how many different meals you're cooking for each individual member of your family? No, we're, we're, we're making it easy. We're doing takeout tonight. Oh, that's right. Dominoes, of course. Dial it in. Yeah, appetising. Shh. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> there are other pizza providers. <laughs> it's just not as nice. <laughs> Pat Jones. <laughs> like... anyway. Right. anyway, okay. Right, and so the next time I speak to you, for the next, it would have been uh, after my trip to the states. So I know you're I going skiing, hey? Hopefully, I won't have broken a leg, and I can remember. Oh, please how, don't, and, and please can, don't. And I can remember how to ski. I'll be snow plowing for three days. That's all I'll do. That's, I think that's what I what I do. I was taught to go across the mountain. Yeah, exactly. And, and when I last went, they said, "Sarah, turn, turn. You can yeah, you go, go down to... the mountain, <laughs> not right across the mountain." So, so yeah, complete snow plower as well. I, I I went when I was younger, and I was. We had to do the slalom course and I came last. I wasn't, I anything with ice. I'm not good at ice skating either. Anything with ice, I am no good. No, well, I'm no good at ice Give skating. Give me a ball. I'm fine. Okay. With, with tennis ball, squash ball, volleyball, netball, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. This football, just... however, no. I like watching football, but when I play football, I seem to break things. Okay. So I've broken, good. yeah. So I've broken an ankle and a and a rib before. So yeah. So don't put me on a football pitch. All right, all right, all right. this is all important <laughs> stuff. I'm making note of it in case, in case, in case. I'm not right. bend it like Beckham. No. Okay. Right. Cool. All right. Well, look, uh, have a good couple of weeks, and Indeed. I will see you very soon. Bye. Enjoy the skiing. Bye.